0: Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll
1: break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true.
0: Welcome to Night After Night, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes and...
1: I'm Chris Jar Warner. Hello.
0: And we're about to review Grand Opening, the fourth episode from the sixth season of Laverne Shirley. Directed by John Tracy and written by Ruth Bennett. I bet you get some facts about them, don't you, Chris?
1: I do. I got some very cool facts about uh, Ruth in particular coming up.
0: Hmm. That's excellent. And here's what the episode is about. Shirley's working her buns off at a local hobby shop during the day while trying to conserve the girl's budget and pay their bills. But Laverne has been stymied in finding a new job, and she's draining the girl's bank account, oversleeping, leaving the place to pigsty, and running up a huge phone bill by calling home to Milwaukee instead of contributing to the household in other ways. A guilty Laverne takes Tani's offer of $20 to perform as part of a knife-throwing act at N.N. Frank's grand opening party for their Cowboy Bills franchise. But a lack of rehearsal time and Sonny's broken arm might mean there's some unusual revenge in the cards for Shirley. Meanwhile, Carmine arrives in California. What do you think about this one, Chris?
1: So... What is our take on is the actual Mr. DeFazio much cuter? (laughs) He is. Actually, Phil <laughs> was
0: cuter. Phil was cuter.
1: Yeah, that 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 is for folks that haven't watched the episode. A reference to the remote order taker machine, which is the uh, uh, basically the this like prop thing that they have that yeah. uh, looks has a striking resemblance to Frank Defazio. But yeah. uh, as Frank even says, it's much cuter. He's much <laughs> cuter.
0: Yeah. Honestly, we never employ that prop enough. And, or even again after this episode.
1: Oh man,
0: so, that's unfortunate.
1: So, I mean, I can I kind of can see some
0: mileage out of it.
1: it. Totally. I mean, I could totally see Lenny and Squiggy like getting confused by it, or trying yeah. to talk through it, or like you know, yeah. I, I I guess mind you, we are '90s kids that grew up with uh, Beavis and Butthead and yeah. the uh, and their Burger Job. I can't remember what yeah. what the place was called, but where they would mess with people yeah. through the yeah. through the radio. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. They could have done all kinds of things with it. It's like, it's like Carmine's Dance Studio in that certain elements of it is uh, are frustratingly underdeveloped and underused.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like you uh, have all this
0: this premise potential and you don't go for it. I don't yeah. know.
1: But anyway, uh for yeah. the episode itself, um it was it's good. This is another one of those episodes. There's some really good high points. I find the I, I don't know, there's something... I think because the fact there's not, I think, a really good resolution to the, the, the situation of, you know, Shirley being, you know, responsible and trying to take care of money and Laverne struggling and goofing off and kind of, you know, as... I remember you saying, this is really where the homesickness kicks in.
2: Yeah.
1: It mostly works. Like, I enjoy yeah. this. Like, this is... Uh, I'm going to come around to, this is an episode I definitely will happily rewatch later, yeah. but is one that I wouldn't, like go seeking out because it's a favorite sort of thing.
0: This is high middle of the pack for me when it comes to um, California episodes. I like certain things that happened in this episode of the camaraderie between Laverne and the boys and then the anti camaraderie. Mm -hmm. I like the uh, notion of Laverne being homesick because this is a huge change for her. Mm -hmm. And she was the one who had um, a fear of being alone a season ago. (laughs) Mm-hmm. so like um, it feels like we under address you know the the girls feeling like they're fish out of water in California and um miss Milwaukee, but this episode does do that
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's a very sickami episode there are a lot of cool things I like about it. It's better than a lot of the um early let's set up this premise episodes of the season,
1: right, yeah,' this...
0: thing. Sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, exactly, though. You, This was... This definitely is, as you were saying, where the normal is starting to take over.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, the new normal is starting to register for everybody. And uh, we're starting to get a feeling for uh, Cowboy Bills, for um, the relationships that we're going to be introduced to here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, between the girls and Rhonda... Um, Laverne and Sonny, which will not last as we've addressed a million times for very long, Um, and between the boys and the girls, and Frank and Edna, and Cowboy Bill's. Mm -hmm. So, what did you think of Cowboy Bill's as a uh, promo? So,
1: I still am a little tripped up that you know that Frank that Pop would take on a cowboy franchise, yeah. But a but I I do wonder if some of it was the. that end of the seventies and into the early eighties, kind of the, the redneck cowboy flavor that, and I guess it's the, the nostalgia, right? Cause it's, it's, yeah. you know, the, um, cause that's what it feels like. Cause in 65, you know, this was during the 64, 65, this is around the end of the Western where the, yeah. the Western was starting to die out cinematically yeah. and even just culturally. So yeah. It feels like, you know, in a sense, like it, it is an old timers place in a sense and that yeah. having Frank be there makes a lot of sense because this is a way for him to sort of relax. It's it's, a, you know, he's he's in a sense he's getting put out to pasture, you know, just oh. the pasture is a uh, is is a kind of a chill restaurant instead of, you know, just go out, go out into the pasture and maybe, you know, die slowly.
0: Well, the show's going to show that the exact opposite is true because there are, there will be things afoot as the last Three seasons of the show progresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting things will happen when it comes to Frank and when it comes to his job and when it comes to Cowboy Bills. They are kind of setting the franchise up as a combination of a Roy Rogers, a restaurant chain thing, and McDonald's.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: In a few episodes, we're going to learn that Frank had to go to Cowboy Bills University. Wow. Like McDonald's University.
1: Yeah. I, I hope he went to the Cowboy Bills University of Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I actually wouldn't be surprised if he did. It would have been easier for him at the time to do it that way. But I think it they imply that he went to California. Mm-hmm. So
1: uh but, by the way, uh did did you see the menu items on the yes. uh, that yeah, like the hot peyote pie, yeah the, co- the coyote sodi. Coyote sodi. Yeah. I, coyote is a favorite. I need I need that menu. I absolutely need yeah. like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are all kinds of screenshots and freeze frames of it online where you can look from thing to thing to thing what Cowboy bills sells. I love it's that. A, it's more of a culinary disaster than anything at the Pizza Bowl.
1: <laughs> yeah, because because the Pizza Bowl, I mean, it may not be cooked. Like, you may have a raw pizza, but then all you got to do is just, you know, take it outside, start a trash can fire, and cook it, and then you're good. There
2: you go. Right,
1: there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking, <laughs> of Cowboy, speaking of Cowboy Bills, we have to quickly talk about how, um, on my second viewing, I noticed a few of the regular extras from earlier episodes of the show including that guy with the dark hair and the bushy eyebrows who is in um the mortician he's in separate tables and he's in another episode i cannot remember which it might have been the festival part one um future future me track this guy down get some pictures you're gonna hate me later i'm sure but but you know definitely track down some pictures for the youtube version to put up
0: Yes, yes yes do this um, I'm going to assume that he is among the many extras that Gary Marshall like threw in the background. who were friends of his from he, the olden days, the club circuits.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He just like pitch them in the background going, Hey, here's a paycheck.
1: Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. And, and you know, it also, it, yeah, totally. And again, also the question is how many of them are just the writing staff just, you know, yeah. getting dragged in. Cause it's like, ah, we're going to go, we, we got to shoot this scene. And it's like, get out of the yeah. office, get over here. Yeah. <laughs> Just fish being yelled at all week. Now sit here.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, There's so many little things about this episode. Like, you really get the, a feeling for the girls' personalities here, which I mm-hmm. like.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Laverne's more laid back, lazy, enjoy life way of living versus Shirley's industrious, busy bee way of living. Actually, I always enjoy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they love each other, but Shirley is basically swimming for her life, and Laverne's sitting there talking to Terry Bonafuco over in uh, Milwaukee. hmm And it's just, aye. Um, If you, uh, we can, we should actually note that there have already been some opening title changes.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. Goodness gracious, yes. I still haven't had the chance to really go through all of the 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 changes cuz yeah we I think it was last episode right we had finally had the the B-roll coverage and yep all the new stuff yeah it's um it's a lot of stuff I need to actually like do almost like a breakdown cuz it's it's uh to sort of match the times and match the way the show was evolving it's a yeah. way faster edit there's more location changes and the staging is much more um elaborate in the sense that yeah. there's more physical activity you know it's kind of like that bit in Futurama right it's like and remember this is a motion picture so we'll need to see lots of movement move constantly do everything throw a pie for god's sake
0: <laughs> uh there are specific new shots uh for this episode are Sonny and Liveron and kissing in the girls living room while the boys crawl through the uh, doggy door and take a picture of them
1: oh yes that. yes 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 there's that
0: that's in there. And uh, the, the shot of the girls roller skating is brand new mm-hmm. because in the last episode, it was them laughing with the, um, the um, figure that we are introduced to
2: mm. and
0: we'll never see again. But I'm, I'm guessing as the season evolved, they just kept saying, I'll oh, throw this in, throw that in, throw this in, throw that in. until so they finally locked down a opening credit and a closing credit sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes till about, I want to say 12 episodes in. So we finally nail down the opening credits and closing credits because uh, after Ed Marinaro leaves, oh, that's we right, we have to remove him from everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's um a very much a work in progress. You can kind of feel everybody trying to figure out what the heck this new version of Laverne and Shirley is and what how they're trying to sell it to so America and the right.
1: world. Right. Right. Yeah, as we were saying, you know, this is definitely even though it's set in the 60s, you can feel the echoes of trying to hit a more contemporary audience of the the late 70s. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's uh it's actually kind of interesting to pontificate of like post Miami Vice what this show would have looked like.
2: Gosh, yeah.
1: You know, where like would they have had an episode where, you know, there's there's a Don Johnson lookalike that comes on and looks all hip and cool or, you know, like a uh a sci-fi episode post Terminator Aliens where uh, the boys get involved in some B movie production that is mm-hmm. supposed to be, you know, from the mid sixties, but is really clearly about the eighties. But my right. point being though, yeah, yeah. the present sense of presentation for the, for the, uh, the public is, is definitely, it's one of the things I guess I find kind of jarring is that even though this crew is definitely, I think getting much tighter and like, as we'll get into like the okay. director and stuff, you know, Tracy is a very, good director but at the same time there's not it feels a little bit more by committee and by experimentation rather than necessarily yeah. that sense of heart and yeah. vision that i felt the prior seasons had yeah, yeah
0: i think at with season six they're trying desperately to reshore up those ratings and then it works and then right. in season seven they relax more and yet uh there's more tension backstage uh and they have to uh deal with stuff mm mounting, mounting stuff that uh, causes a different kind of uh, drama. But, uh... Yeah. Ultimately, there's a feeling of, okay, we have to get this going, we have to get this going, we have to sell this, we have to make people convinced that it is a good thing. As we've said before. Mm -hmm. We have to talk about how they reintroduce Carmine to the Fold.
1: Yeah. Um...
0: They're a dancing breadbox.
1: That's adorable. Um... I I love that line. Okay, so as those who have watched listened to the show, and it feels weird because like we had a long break between recording season five and then recording now for season six, I've mellowed regarding Carmine, and this, and I I think also Eddie Eddie passing, I think, had a lot to do with that too. Yeah, but uh, then this episode, I felt really sympathetic that he was basically being sidelined by like sort of like "Eh, we don't need you anymore we got a stunt guy now your your stunt double is replacing you and it's like oh 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 (laughs) oh (laughs) oh
0: the funny thing is that um the two of them will become roommates and friends Hmm. for a while here so that's gonna happen so keep your eyes peeled for that one
1: nice good
0: um but, yeah, there's a feeling like, I like well, they're playing Get Rid of Carmine, and uh, it didn't work out. Yeah. I don't know why.
1: Yeah. It, uh, go go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead.
0: We know it had nothing to do with Blansky's Bees. Blansky's Bees is over by now. Mm-hmm. So I know Eddie was trying to strike out as more of a Broadway actor, do more theater in the off time when he could. So, I don't know if perhaps he wanted to uh, get back on the Great White Way and leave the show. Actually, is what Barry, Betty Garrett does at the end of the season. Hmm. So, we'll get there. You will eventually get there. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, Carmine at first is less, less utilized. They start to utilize him later in the season, definitely in season 7 and 8, because they need him. Right. He becomes a utility player. Yeah. But yeah. at first it's like where does he fit in with the girls new in unquote, unquote, "swinging California lifestyle."
1: Right. Okay. It's it's a very element of, you know, it's kind of like when you do a sequel and you have a bunch of new characters, the old yeah. characters kind of you you need to find a place for them and that either yeah. that weakens one of the other, the new characters or the old characters and it feels like it, they allow the new characters to take precedence. I I mean, this is actually one of my issues with the Star Wars sequel trilogy is that I I loved seeing those characters return, you know, I, I love the original Mm -hmm. trio and I love, you know, and I love Lando and all that, but Mm -hmm. I would have been totally fine with a brand new trilogy with new characters and say, okay, Skywalker saga was done with return of the Jedi. And because when you have too many and that's, I guess the thing is they're trying, I think, I think you put it well, that they're trying to find his place. And it's almost like they're trying to find room for, for Carmine at this point, because, um, he clearly still has the chemistry with Shirley and yep. the uh, and you can even kind of feel that the joke about the two of them, you know, him still being basically, you know, blue balled by Shirley. <laughs> it's not really working now because yeah. of like how much more liberated the season feels.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, we have officially moved, like I said, in the swinging 60s, things get even wilder as the season goes on and wilder and wilder as the last uh, couple of seasons progress after that. Uh, so it's not as if Shirley is holding on to her chastity for any other reason other than her personal moral standings, which in a way is admirable. Mm-hmm. But uh, we also get strong hints that things are getting uh, more intense between them. Right. At least by the time we get to season seven. So keep an eye out for that one.
1: Okay, I definitely will. Because I'm kind of curious to what extent they will have. Because f- one of the things that I find interesting also with the... Carmine and Shirley relationship, at least how it feels in season six, is that especially the way she interacts here with him, there is a sense of like, keeping up appearances, but that yeah. in private, they're far more intimate, and more, and yeah. which is also, a, I think, a, a way of saying they're also more vulnerable with each other. Because I think, yeah. you know, Shirley looks at sexual intimacy as an element of vulnerability. And yeah. that is something that, you know, when she's able to be because she works so hard to present yeah. and to sell a story and to succeed, you know, and she's working her yeah. ass off to, to do what she does that lets her hair down when she's behind closed doors. And Carmine is someone she feels safe doing that with.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Ultimately, um, it's about um, the two of them getting, a, getting together more and more strongly as a, as a couple. We actually start to see, tw- in a couple episodes, the show leaning towards kind of couple pairing off these two couples. We get like a sense of Carmine and Shirley plus um, Laverne and Sonny, and them being two couples doing coupley things. Mm-hmm. That gets ruined once uh, Ed Marinaro takes off. Right. But for a while, you can almost feel like the show is uh, building toward uh, pairing these two couples off, and that's the end game.
1: Yeah, because, I oh, mean, they yeah. even, like, it felt very significant the way they set up a double date at the end of this episode.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It becomes even more so if for the next, like, go oh, five, six episodes.
1: Wow. Okay. And then, not anymore. Not anymore. Sorry. <laughs> not anymore, because
0: Ed ran for the hills. And yeah. I cannot blame him, because the role that he got was plum, and the, um, you know, he made the right choice career-wise. It's like Michael leaving... You go do spinal tap. He made the right move. Mm-hmm.
1: So you exactly. can't really like, argue with that. Yeah, it's it's the uh, you know when people so you know some people move on and then other stuff changes and it just you know the, the catch I think with this type of a show is also that as we said they're because of the fact that they're very much focused on being the sitcom, being the funny, being the this and there's certain kind of tropes of that that it means that as an actor you are absolutely going to get stuck in a rut. And that's just kind of part of the problem with the format. And as much as I say that of sitcoms, that really is the case with any ongoing series. Yeah, yeah so I mean, honestly,
0: any ongoing movie series. Absolutely. Anything, yeah. anything, anything. There are genre formulas for every single form of fictional media. Exactly. Games and books and movies and TV shows. And that's just how it is. And that The key is how you tell your story. Mm-hmm. That's the key.
1: Yep. That's the and- key. And that's and that's the other thing I also as I was saying about this series about that because it feels so different season six from the prior fa- uh, five seasons, even though there are clearly those elements. It feels so different to me, like spiritually, fundamentally, and it feels so California versus yeah. so, you know, Midwest wow. slash New Yorker uh that it it feels like a new show, like it yeah. feels like and I can understand that the writing staff, the producers, the cast, the crew, et cetera, that they wanted to do something new and that's where i think this idea of you end a project at a certain point and then you do a new project with that same group. You know, like as much as people give a lot of crap to like Tim Burton for having you know a style and a feel, i think it's actually kind of exciting sometimes when he has in the past, and i don't know if he'll continue to do this, but you have his same crew, his same production designer, same cinematographer, et cetera. And it's like, okay, we're going to end this project now. We did this for, you know, three years and now we're going to go do something new. And like, that's the, and even a uh, Scorsese and even, um and actually most importantly would probably be, uh, Spielberg. Cause Spielberg, you know, for so many years it'd be like, okay, same cinematographer, cle- usually the same writers like Scott Frank and uh, John Logan and David Cap and uh, those sort of folks. And then figuring out, what are they going to do next? And I feel like that's where this season is kind of going. It has, it's starting to balance out. Now I'm starting to finally get the liver and surely feel more here. And with also with the prior episode with studio city, because those first two episodes felt like you're practically like, okay. Like saying to the show, like you're practically setting up a tirely different series here. Like this doesn't, you know, that's what it, that's how it came off to me. I think this is finally me after some weeks have passed to be able to, to process and kind of phrase it the way that I felt about it. And it's because there's that element of clear inspiration or analog, but it feels so true. I guess like, I don't know, intrinsically different. Like part of its DNA has changed to where it's not, it's recognizably similar, but I know it's not the same.
0: We'll see though. We'll see how you feel about like by the time season seven rolls around, because everything shifts and everything changes. And, uh, Pretty much after I think Candy is Dandy, we have our premise and we start settling in to uh, what the show is going to be and uh, this is how we're going to roll for the next three seasons or so. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so speak- that. Yeah, uh, go. Uh, speaking to that end, just to cha- move on to the topics, yes. um, is the the whole gimmick of the third act of the episode, which is the um, the knife trick. The, yes. the the knife act, um, yeah. what do we think of this? And uh, you know, how did this play? Like when you first watched this, I'm curious what you thought of it.
0: Uh, typical, typical slapstick, and probably the, the writers going, "Ha ha ha! I bet you she'd love to do that to her, wouldn't she?" Just so you can see the cheap like laugh of the writers' room mm. about them staging this. On one hand, man, we needed some physical comedy, and it's fun, and it's silly. What makes this scene for me is the banter. The banter mm-hmm. is pretty good. Mm-hmm. The boys really bring the banter to the, to the section of the episode.
1: Oh, yeah. Mr. By a Mile. And uh, yeah. and I love how even Lenny is uh, is getting really encouraging.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even Lenny's like, kill her. Kill her. Kill her. Which is ridiculous because two seconds before that, she looks at the boys and tells them she'll do anything. Do anything at all if they get her down. And Lenny shoots Squiggy the most pleading look and Squiggy is so unmoved.
1: Oh, that's funny. Is, I, I didn't catch that. That's adorable.
0: I still don't believe you didn't catch that. The way Lenny looks at Squiggy with his mouth wide up going, yeah, please, please, please. And Squiggy <laughs> goes, cheap talk from a dead woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I also, I one thing that made the scene for me was the whole Surely, in the getup and the name yeah. De- Dead Eye Feeny. I yeah. want a Western AU now about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My note on the scene is Cindy's loving this. Yeah, he's having fun here.
1: Hopefully, well, I mean, I think only one of my Cthulhu game players. Because I do, for those at home, I do a table. I I run a tabletop RPG based on Call of Cthulhu, and Mm -hmm. uh, Dead Eye Feeny is definitely showing up as a train robber.
0: Good, good, very good. Uh, Did you notice the wingtip collars on our extras here?
1: I did notice a couple of those. Yes.
0: Yep. anachronistic 70s callers ahoy, Yeah, seems to be a thing in the background on on the background characters during Cowboy Bill scenes, and it's annoying. (laughs) Every time I see it, it's like they've given up. We're just going to pretend it's the um, early 80s here, late 70s, and forget about everything. Mm -hmm. This is the first time we see Rosita, who is Frank's waitress. She figures into a few episodes and then kind of fades in the background, unfortunately.
1: So that's interesting you mentioned that. Yeah, because the only other episode on IMDb, aside from this one that she's credited for, is uh, Road to Burbank. And that's it.
0: Yep, 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 yep. She has a major role in Road to Burbank and then gone.
1: Yeah.
0: In the background.
1: To to go ahead and just kind of jump into that really quickly. This is, you know, basically one of the two major appearances. Um, she really didn't the, the actress Becky Gonzalez didn't really yeah. have much of a uh, of a career even as well. Like she was yeah. they were trying to move around, you know, she was on The White Shadow in a couple of different episodes, an episode of Heart mm-hmm. to Heart, and uh even popped up in uh, Night Shift, which was, you know, co-written by uh, Gans and Babalu Mandel. And oh. uh she's even in Young Doctors in Love. Oh. But uh, yeah, she didn't really it seems like pretty much that was kind of it in the early to mid 80s. And yeah. it's unfortunate because I really yeah. like this character because I love the yeah. I love how she jokes with Frank with pop. I like that yeah. that sense of humor where it's like she's kind of aware of what the, you know, sort of racist stereotype they're expecting. But yeah. then she's like, I'll see you in court. You know, it's like, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah. She's a lawyer. She's a trainee law- lawyer. We're going to hear more about that. Lord of Burbank. She's oh. fabulous in what little we get of her. I love when she's talking to Laverne about why she's so concerned about Shirley pretending pretending we learn pretending. Why Shirley? she's so concerned about Shirley throwing knives at her. And she hears about the phone calls and she looks at Laverne and goes, So long, partner.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: a great line.
1: It's a great exchange. Yeah, it's a good callback to that bit. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I love this as a Good hallmark example of physical comedy in the Laverne Shirley world, and everyone's performances of is what makes the scene
1: yeah it's a it's a good scene on paper, but they are able to make it amazing with their with their acting yeah. um yeah. speaking of on paper i'd I'd love to get a chance to um talk about the folks behind the camera because I'd love to because i there's a lot of things in the dialogue I love in this episode. Yeah. Um, like it just like Rhonda, you know, the, the yeah. exchanges with Rhonda, it's like, what is it, you know, Rhonda, I don't care about your life. Have I ever told you that, you know, like that is scathing venom, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's also, it's such a surely way of saying I'm done with you. Please leave. Yeah. Like those types of exchanges, sunny, the whole, like, uh, the reveals at the end. Um, so Ruth, Ruth Bennett was the writer of the episode and, um, at this time, she was getting her start as a writer for TV. Uh, this was actually her second written credit, uh, written by credit after an episode wow. of Taxi the previous year. Wow. Uh, she has one more episode of Laverne and Shirley to go, so we'll revisit her at some point. Um, she went on to create multiple shows yeah. through the 80s, which is interesting. And these are mostly one-seasoners. So She created and wrote for Sarah, the show with uh, Gina Davis and Alfred Woodward. She also got a ton of uh, uh, script, script credits for Family Ties. And with uh, Susan Seeger, who wrote Not Quite South of the Border last season, uh, she created mm-hmm. both Duet and Open House.
0: Oh, wow. I loved that show when I was a kid. Watch it on Fox.
1: <laughs> and so, you know, that was uh, – and it looks like they had kind of like a writing partnership. So I wouldn't be surprised if they may have met each other during the the, the writing room of this, uh, this series. Oh, that's um, awesome. And so Ruth, you know, stayed active writing for the sitcoms and up until about 2002. And it looks like the last credit she had was for an episode of uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, this is a really, really good script. Like as much as I I have my, you know, like little quirks about it, like it's like this is what I would have fun directing. I would I would enjoy it. I can just imagine, like, getting that text and getting to play with, like, the notes where you're, like, add a little emphasis here, add a note there, work with the actors, like, what do you think about this? And, you know, that that's a... It's a really fiery, engaging oh, yeah. piece.
0: It is a... It really is... I do like the writing here. I do like a lot of the writing here. Uh, probably my favorite part is when Shirley's cooking Laverne Beanie family fish stick flambe Mm-hmm. which he says so far and in come Lenny and Squiggy and Laverne mm-hmm. wearing their Donald Duck caps. Squiggy, as you notice, has drawn on eyes.
1: Yes. Yes. And
0: they are all singing the Mickey Mouse theme, the Mickey Mouse, the Mickey Mouse club March. And, um, they have been to Disneyland together and that's adorable. I call it the cutest moment ever in my notes.
1: Oh yeah. It is, it is adorable. And uh, it it and even Lenny and Lenny, you know d- Michael's delivery of it really is a magical world, Cheryl. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that Laverne considered going to go uh, be uh, Snow White. Imagine though, if they had gone in that direction, just imagine we would never see see any seasons of this show past season five. Yeah, if they, they'd gone in that direction, because no way would Disney uh, let them use their music. Or iconography.
1: Oh, certainly. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh. I mean, because even the uh, Alice in Wonderland play that they did, even though it's it's inspired by you know elements of the uh, the yeah. Disney version, it's clearly it's it's like no, no, no. These are close enough to the illustrations we can get away yeah. with
0: it. Yeah, yeah. You can tell. You can tell the costume. Costumes are like nope. Just a little bit of inspiration. More this. More the book. More the book. More the book. More the book. Yep.
1: Yeah, because it's it's very. Uh, c- yeah, because I mean. Cause Disney's litigiousness really started just a few years after this, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. 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 It started like, I think around the eighties or nineties somewhere, somewhere around the Eisner period. Ironically enough.
1: Yeah. Ironically enough, enough. Right. Cause, cause he, he helped yeah. make the show what yep. it is.
0: Yep. Yep. He's the one who is involved in making, in making sure Cindy Williams was there yep. and in that cast.
1: So
0: mm-hmm. I'm telling you
1: <laughs> the, uh, so, so, again, back to the, this particular scene, though. Um, okay, scale one to ten. How much do you love Len can get pretty ugly?
0: <laughs> uh, that ten, because that was adorable. And he tries. he tries. He tries to get ugly.
1: Oh, I hope I never have to get that ugly again.
0: <laughs>
1: <sighs>
0: I love that LaRue still playing and sneaking out with him. That's adorable. Yes
1: it's adorable and uh and and oh the glares the looks and shirley feeling super left out and hurt I and i and that must stay like i've had oh, yeah. people do that i hate when people do that it hurts yeah. and the the the. i also love we see here shirley's subtle boo-boo face it's a boo-boo face yeah. that's more subtle and yeah. then therefore it it really hurts so much more and then laverne tries to make it better by putting the little hat on it on her
0: yeah 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 they're the cutest it is the cutest, and it shows you how uh, closely knit these four characters have become in spite of themselves. Mm-hmm. Which, considering uh, when we get backstory, what happened during the road trip is kind of amazing, but we're going to get there.
1: Yeah, I get the yeah. feeling that episode hadn't been written yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, and that, but then further canon continues to ignore it, and they get closer and closer. Like, the boys are basically the girls' closest friends, mm. and they stay their closest friends. Um, throughout season six and seven, and into season eight, especially when Laverne's got nobody else to talk to, after a while, so does to, to Squiggy. Mm. So, <laughs> so they talk to each other. That's the option.
1: That's yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah. They 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 still they're close. They hang out. I mean, yeah. You got there's yeah. definitely benefits to having friends like that.
0: Exactly, 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 exactly. The girls, by the way, do go to Disneyland together later. Oh, good. Phew. This is referenced later in canon. It's a background detail in one of the show's most what the heck are we watching episodes. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Mm. 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 Um, I love that they're all good. I love this, specifically Knott's Berry Farm. I just love this, specifically Knott's Berry Farm. I think mean, it was cute. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Wrote,
0: I wrote Three Studios OT3. I love them at one point. In these oh. novels
1: that is yeah yeah that's yeah. kind of yeah that's kind of uh that's sort of what i was feeling too is like okay yeah i can see it now yeah, i can see yeah. it see? Mm-hmm.
0: see you get some of this in the milwaukee years the notion that laverne hangs out with um lenny and squiggy without shirley being there because mm-hmm. squiggy drives shirley crazy right in the non-fun way in non-fun,
1: exactly <laughs> right and
0: in it and let's pu- punch each other to death way and you don't right. get that with uh laverne and lenny their chemistry Mm-hmm. You could compare like I said in um, "Welcome to Burbank," when Rhonda spies them all together for the first time and thinks they're all couples,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the way they react to the notion of being couples. where Lauren lays like, "Uh, eh, well, uh," eh, and Shirley's quick, "Like, no, get away from me! Don't touch me!" Yeah, why are you touching me? Yeah, let go of me! And that's why we call it "Great Hate Sex." Anyway,
1: ah, <laughs> uh, the return of the great hate, hate the, the return of Great Hate Sex.
0: Yes, Thirsty the Great hate Six. Also, we try to insert a little more cultural flavor of the times. Laverne and Carrie listen to an entire Beach Boys record. They don't say which one, right? Over the phone,
1: right? And and that's I remember as a kid. Uh, I did even used to do long distance phone calls. This is when long distance yeah. was. Oh yeah, you could you could you could do it like once a month, right? You know, yeah. back in the yeah, '90s. Yeah, yeah. But I had a my my best friend when I was when I was growing up. Uh, moved to Arizona. Uh, Aww. when his parents his parents split, and um, he, so I didn't have Beach Boys. I got to hear Insane Clown Posse for the first time when I was ten. Uh, because he was four years older than me, and I got to hear two tracks of it on the phone. <laughs> so. So yeah, I know this. I know this feeling. That, but the idea of like that whole that that was adorable, and I I felt that was yeah. that was great. And it's a, it's a piece of that era in history because people were so into music in the '60s that like it's kind of something we've forgotten.
0: Oh Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I used to play with my dolls with my uh, friend who moved away over the phone.
1: Oh, oh. Used
0: to, God, that's we, play, we sit there and we play with our Barbie dolls over the phone.
1: And that, that's what we do. That is too precious oh my god i love that we
0: talk about the sweet valley twins and um about babysitters club oh that's what we do
1: oh god that's a treasure i want to snuggle you now um (laughs) um but yeah the other thing i want to mention about the scene though okay so laverne's in a in a shirt and her underwear so she's just been kind of lounging around the house it's a mess you know now at least you do see the newspaper and i like that the news here has been thrown around in such a way that she's probably getting mad because she's been calling every place for a job and she's trying to you know talk yeah. with them over the phone about it because you know sometimes you yeah. can actually get the job over the phone you know they they just yeah, interview yeah. you there yeah, and yeah. she's probably thrown the papers in anger um yeah. there's all these great little details in that scene um i noticed the sexy panties that she's wearing <laughs>
0: Yes, and, you' didn't know, you notice that she's wearing black underwear underneath her nightgown uh, is,
1: right or it's well it's a long shirt right it's like a sports shirt or something or is a, that an, it's a
0: jersey it's, a, it's yeah. a sleep jersey it's a it's a uh i think it's a um a um uh box jersey
1: right right from, right
0: uh, from milwaukee
1: right and it's very over but now, obviously, this could just be a case of, you know, I mean, clearly, they're not going to be wearing full, you know, dressing gowns and all the the all that stuff, you know, in California, because yeah. it's just too freaking warm. So she's been basically yeah. lounging her essentially here, quote unquote, pajamas all day. But, you yeah. know, just going back to the thing of, you know, women only wear the sexy underwear when there's, uh, there's something afoot. Now, it could just be it's laundry day, and she hasn't cleaned the house. And so, you know, there's that's that's all that's left because you know i mean i've got my nice pair of socks that my nerd socks that i pretty much only wear when there's either i'm going to a special event or there's no other socks in the drawer yeah um yeah they're they're fallout four socks by the way (laughs) but uh (laughs) it did make me wonder if there was some afternoon delight going on and if that was kind of part of the implication but in any case i did think that was it those were interesting little details that felt like kind of like interesting subtext about Laverne's behavior, because you know, I could see her, you know, wanting to blow off some steam with, you know, just like a random hookup or, you know, yeah. just something yeah, like that.
0: I could see that happening, but I think it's a little bit too soon in the California era for her to be doing this. uh In a, in a few episodes, yeah. In a few episodes, okay. yeah. In a few episodes, and actually by season seven, she's just going out with guys who randomly show up at her door that were directed there by the boys. Oy. That actually happens. They lean so hard on the Laverne's horny dubstep crotch, that it just basically becomes her personality for like it's two and a half seasons until so it culminates in perhaps the show's worst episode
1: yeah that's that is unfortunate because it's because yeah. it, it's a because i guess the the point is then is that doesn't feel um
0: organic to her
1: yeah because it's it's you know because i don't mind promiscuous it's not even that I necessarily don't mind promiscuous characters i like promiscuous characters when they're done well when they're done interesting yeah. there there's a a delight and joy about them. I mean, we yeah. find the same thing about you know James Bond. You know, betting certain women because sometimes he's a really cool dude to them. You know, and and yeah. he's he's a good lover. And so, with what you're describing, what that means is like you have the boys sending men to Laverne because they know that she's horny and she's yeah. just and always she'll, hu-
0: she'll sleep with them without asking questions. It's even
1: worse. That's horrible. Like that's
0: and Canon backs her backs their impression up, which is right. even worse.
1: So that basically, and, that's that is fantasy object bullshit. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah. that's me glaring at one of the writers in the writers' yeah, room, sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Triple even worse when they try to reverse this in the middle of season eight. They press really hard in the Catholic guilt button. E. So it gets even worse.
1: E. That's
0: season eight.
1: E. And that's season
0: eight. if they just had Laverne kind of being. Um, free with her sexuality and just going For it and not caring It'd be awesome but the show kind of shames her For it and then it um, uh, It makes her so over The top horny that she's not even Asking questions about her safety anymore. Yeah so like yeah She's not looking for rings Literally that becomes a plot multiple times She does not really? look for wedding rings That's the,
1: Yeah and that's really Yeah That that's that's The wrong way to do it it's like yeah, it's, it's exactly. like writers writers come on yeah knock it off yeah,
0: yeah yeah it's just bad it's bad like i said port laverne comes out of carmine's mouth oh, yeah. we'll get we'll boy. get there too anyway uh, the g-string Joe Crawford did make me laugh
1: yes oh it's that's and, adorable and, and especially because yeah, it's, it's like no 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 for my guitar you know that that's a great yeah. great bit
0: yeah 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 and absolutely um Penny uh, looks great in that bathing suit. That's that was a nice wardrobe choice. Uh, I love her considering jumping into Jello for money. That feels very much a her thing. You think she learned after chipping her tooth on the boys' Jello?
1: Yeah, yeah. The uh, but yeah, Jello jumper yeah. is definitely yeah. quite a thing. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's funny. I actually mentioned it sounds hazardous in my notes, like before Sunny comes in with the broken arms. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um. Uh, I love that Rhonda's just there tanning on their balcony because it's a tanning emergency. I, I guess she doesn't have a balcony in her place.
1: Yeah, well, she probably wants a degree of privacy. It would explain the uh, the bricked up uh, uh, the, the bricked up wall or yeah. doorway, I should say.
0: If she wants privacy, though, you don't go to a place where the boys are just liable to jump bump in at any moment. Just throw the door open. True. I don't know if she knows that they do this yet, but well, okay, it's probably safe for her. <laughs> like, I have I
1: I have things that are not very PG thirteen to say that could be in Rhonda's favor regarding that. Um, but uh,
0: ah, Snow White and the Seven Escape Convicts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but in any case, uh, yeah, the 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 whole like. As I was saying, like, I really like yeah. these little salties of the of the writing that I that, you know, yeah. these little bits of dialogue and just the like the interaction between Laverne and Sonny is, yeah. again, something that the text is good. And yeah. then the actors are able to bring so much heart to it. And I love how yeah. Sonny's into Laverne, but he's keeping her at just enough of a safe dif- a distance that he's, he's t- I mean, obviously, he's taking control of the situation, but he's doing it, I think, for the right reason of sort of like. Slow down. Like, I don't yeah. want this to just be a couple of dates and we're done. You're cool. I like you. You know. It makes them yeah, endearing. Yeah, is what yeah, I yeah. guess I'm getting at. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's it works. It largely works. The um relationship between them largely works and it is sweet. Genuinely. It's genuinely sweet the the connection that they have. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um I also um Love the way you know he cares about her, which is why he's kind of you know reluctant to even let her uh stand there and let him pretend to throw knives at her, which he's going to pretend eventually mm-hmm. um so tanning after the tanning emergency, enter carmine with his bald spot there she has him a bald spot. am I nuts? <laughs> That's a bald spot on his head.
1: It's it's yeah. It's a little. It's a little bit. I I I wasn't able to see it super clearly, but I mean clearly. I was distracted by other things than you know the back of Eddie Mecca's head. Sorry, Eddie. I think he I think he would forgive me for that one, uh, for that scene. But but um, it's definitely at the very least a sign that hey, they're all growing up a little bit in small ways. Yeah yeah
0: yeah. Eddie was the youngest cast member though. He was the youngest. I think he's still in his twenties. Poor guy. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I I haven't noticed that. I, I it was the first time I ever noticed that watching that rewatching the episode. They had ball spot this time. <laughs> I love. Are you anybody?
1: <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Oh, that line. Yeah. The 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 interaction between Carmine and Rhonda is is interesting because I one of the things I love is there's a flirtiness at first, and then yes. c- very quickly Carmine begins to realize. Yeah, I don't know if I want to get mixed up with this chick.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause she's scary. Yeah. Rhonda is wonderfully avaricious in the best of ways. I say that with love.
1: She's almost like twist in spaced, you know? Kinda, kinda, you know, we're because there's that line in the beginning of season two how Tim describes her as she's either an evil genius or she's either incredibly stupid or an evil genius. And the thing about Rhonda is that she's she's More clearly, an evil genius and very self aware, and that makes her so much more scary to me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, With Rhonda, she's going to do anything to climb that glass mountain. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's in her way, she's going to step over, and uh, if you're a producer, she will make time for you. Let's put it that way. I have a note here that says, I know way too much about everyone's showering habits now.
1: You mean as uh, as to Carmine running out to take a cold shower?
0: No, nah, there was something else. That I think of that. Now I forget the how the, the line was. I think it was about um, uh, either about Laverne skipping a shot. And now I can't remember what the heck. Why the heck I have this note here? But I wrote it down for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna use it. Damn it! <laughs>
1: it ain't gonna fit nowhere the else. We'll, we'll put it. We'll just d- turn it into a sticker. Put it on this podcast. There it goes.
0: Spadoink. Spadoink.
1: Yep. Spadoink. Um also, love the freeze frame and commercial break, uh, the freeze frame for Sunny. Uh I marked it as a commercial break, but on the second view, and I realized it wasn't a commercial break. Um, yeah. But yeah. Sonny, he's broken. Um, so that Poor, stinks. Broken Sunny. Poor,
0: broken Sonny. Poor, broken thing. Never jump out of buildings, kids. Ain't worth it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't jump out of buildings and don't jump into. Well, actually, he even said, be very. Have someone help you clean the jello off.
0: Yeah. Yep. 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 Don't slip in the shower. Right, That's the ultimate lesson. Don't slip in the shower.
1: (laughs) So as we're going into uh, as we're going then into the finale scene um, what are we thinking about Princess Tumbleweed?
0: Uh, It's it's one of those yet another one of those oh god uh, anachronistic uh, references to cowboys and Indians that we as a society will outgrow soon enough. Yeah. Boy, ve. Boy, ve. It is. It, it it is not the show at its best when it does things like this. But culturally, uh, pretty much every other show was doing it. So you know, I can't. It's not solely a Laverne and Shirley problem. It's an America has issues problem.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a. It's something where we have a chance. We well, not a chance. We. It's something where we still need to grow and we need to rewrite the book because oh boy there's a lot of errors I, I we need to remember that the mythologizing of the west is kind of like medieval portraits of animals
0: yes yes
1: al- although less cute
0: yes i'm picturing giant snails now <laughs> just giant huge snails about to be stabbed to death by angry medieval people
1: <laughs> I, yeah well you know french whatever
0: yeah yeah, 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 and thus has society continued along the same long pathway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Slowly, oh, like a, God. like like a, like a snail. Okay. Yeah, okay. The 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 shell represents uh, colonialism and racism. Anyway,
0: yes, yeah. yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. Anyway, so you know, the boys in their costumes kill me, and they spy Carmine, and they go, "The big raccoon, don't we owe him money?" <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like, hmm, <laughs> hmm, 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 Yeah, and they just like quickly sneak uh, off to the side. I love yep, that.
0: Yep, yep. I must add, though, uh, our brief reference to uh, Native American culture, in quote unquote, at <laughs> Racism Cup will not be as bad as the two times Rhonda dresses up like a geisha during season seven. That's oh. all.
1: God, I took. Oh, God. Hang on. Where's, where's my gaming dice? I need to roll for how much psychic damage I just took. Oh, God.
0: Dude, roll for psychic damage on season eight.
1: <laughs> uh, you know what? We should do. Okay. We're going to do that. Do you have a gaming dice set? Because if you don't, I'm going to get you one. So when we get to season eight, we're both going to roll for how much psychic damage we take every single episode.
0: <laughs> Wait till we get to Ghost Story. You'll jump out a window. That'll happen.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Anyway,
0: I, I'm specifically re- referencing Ghost Story because it's like among the worst. It's among the nadirs of the season. Oy. Um yes, but I love how worried everybody Carmine's worried. Carmine's kinda worried she's gonna kill Laverne. Mm-hmm. Look at Eddie Mecca's face throughout that scene.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like okay, I'm gonna roll the drum. I hope I'm not about to witness a murder here. It wouldn't be the first time because clearly I have mob connections, but okay.
0: <laughs> Is he simply watching Shirley murder somebody because he knows that she could kill him next?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yep. Uh, oh man,
0: I love Lawrence. Oh Lord, if I die, you're gonna miss a great confession.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. And I and uh, uh, fr- and Frank's uh, ain't my muffin a great little actress? Oh, yeah, that's great.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That is how you do it when it comes to having Laverne be more promiscuous, but also having Catholic guilt. That's how you do it. Yes. You do it playfully, not heavy handed slamming your fist in the thing. Mm-hmm. Boy. Uh but yeah. Laverne ends up not dead. Yep. Shirley comes off looking like a hero. Yep. Lenny does not get some, to his everlasting regret in this episode from the stage. Yep. And Squiggy has a good time, so yeah. and Cowboy Boslick successfully opens.
1: It does. With with familiar faces all around. Um,
0: and one of those chairs now belongs to me.
1: That's right. Yeah. Future me put up the picture of that chair. Thank yeah. you. And, uh, the other thing also is the, is, uh, the, um, Carmine moving to Burbank and to get the welcome to Burbank kiss. And he go, he goes, Sonny said I could stay with him unless I get a better offer. And she misses the hint by a mile. And I love that that's yeah. treated as not a, she's shooting him down she is completely oblivious to what he's in impl- and yeah, implying. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The show does not try to even go there when it comes to, uh, sh- uh the girls living with a guy without, uh, ding, ding and wedding ring happening, uh, until season seven, we get a whole episode about this, hmm. but to show his mind, you know, it absolutely does not even pop in there. And even when this happens, it doesn't pop into her head until it happens. So, hmm. We will get there. But yes, the two of them get to make out and make out copiously. <laughs> Carmine and Shirley, I mean, here. Sorry, everybody else. There will be another kiss, though, between uh, Laverne and Shirley before the season ends. So <laughs> keep her out for that
1: one. But yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, though, I, I, and I really liked the, you know, we didn't get a chance to really talk about the moral of the story too much. But yeah. the the idea of, like, you give up too easily. The conclusionary message of, like. Yeah getting discouraged and she's letting you know she's kind of letting things slide and yeah obviously you know with with us as in a different time now because i mean my my mother being able to tell me that you could live in california in the 70s in la in studio you know somewhere in the burbank area or somewhere in the la area for 125 dollars a month definitely puts things in perspective but uh yeah
0: Yeah, um, yeah. inflation (laughs) inflation
1: but um it's it's a good thing, to, I guess, to remember is that sort of tenacity to 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 keep yeah. trying, and yeah. that because what's kind of cool about it is that they Cheryl even has you know the situation come up that she's she loses her job in this episode. Yeah, you know she yeah. has to because because of a uh, unwanted pregnancy, not hers. Yeah, but unplanned. <laughs> I'm planned. Unplanned.
0: Unplanned pregnancy.
1: Excuse me, an unplanned pregnancy. And um,
0: everyone was horrified. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> and uh, uh, and that you know basically you know, just got to get back to the grind, you know, it's, um, I also like, it's a refinement of Laverne's adjusting thing from testing, testing. Yeah. Where. Yes. Cause she is given a no. And so she stops. She's like, okay, that's a wall. I'm going to go around the wall.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's very fitting for her to go around the wall. And you know, they, um, she adjusts and surely dreams as we have established. And in this case, Shirley tries to look at the positive. well, we'll go shit together. And in the next episode, we'll see what kind of job they get. Hmm. Um, and did you notice the audience's gasp before when Laverne strapped Shirley back into the um, the knife wrong table?
1: I, d- I did notice that, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the audience thought, it's like, oh my god, we're about to witness into some murder.
1: at the very least things are getting like whoa whoa and and part of that i think is just the energy of this which is good that means they're communicating the energy of the scene so well you know the audience is react you know that's what you want you gotta get them to react you know you
2: gotta
1: build up your energy and then enkindle it in the audience
0: that's really good i love how that conversation becomes about you know laverne adjusting to the atmosphere in a way Mm -hmm. so we're talking about adjusting we're also talking about you know what it's like to keep meeting with failure again and, again and again and again and again and again and again, and then you know after a while you just you just want to have a little fun and just say forget it mhm i've I've experienced that on the job once. I have that oh yeah, I think we all have
1: yeah it's it's common I mean goodness gracious, I mean, when I was looking for editing gigs for a while yeah. before the job I have now, I had so many people that you know, would say like, well, you're not what we're looking for or it's really good, but can you do this? And it's like completely different from, you know, and it's just, yeah, it's very, it's discouraging, but you also have to just keep trying because eventually someone takes notice of your capabilities and either they take a chance on you or they offer you something more in line with what you want to do. You know, there's a, it's not to say that it's perfect, but it's that there is I don't know. I'm a, I'm an optimist. I, I try to be looking forward to the future with a sense of hope. And I feel like that is kind of one of the positive things about this episode is how it moves in that direction. And that even though there are those bumps and scrapes, and I guess that's what I mean. I guess I liked about the script is it balanced those tones of optimism with snarky comedy. So well, it, it, because, because that has been one of the show's, you know, problems for me is yeah. that its optimism is very sappy, and its mm-hmm. snark can get too mean, and it, it, it on the found the, the balance, so it's yeah. very good. Yes. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. In the end, in the end, the harmony is somehow discovered because it depends on how things are going in the writers' room, because we know from hearing them talk about it. That uh, the writing process could be a pain, you know, and people could be annoying. So.
1: Also, can, can we just say that Cindy is just amazing in this one? She
0: is. Cindy holds the weight of this episode together beautifully. Uh, she and Penny have a beautiful counterbalance in this episode, as all good episodes over surely ought to have. The boys coming in to add spice. And even Betty and Phil get to add a little bit to this stew though. Once again, they continue to tragically underuse um, Betty Gerhardt.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Also some great, 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 great stuff from Leslie.
1: Yes. Leslie is, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Ed continues to be very cute. Yes. And, uh, Eddie was back to being likable Carmine. Holy cow.
0: Yeah. 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 It's a fine episode. It really ultimately is a fine episode. Yeah. In the end, we get some solid good stuff. Yeah out of it.
1: It's a good time.
0: So, so Carmine and Chile are reestablished. Sunny and Laverne start, start a thing here. And for a while, that's going to be our status quo. Only one of our couples will do slightly better than Uncle Fungie. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of them.
1: As, as in, uh... Wait, one of them's gonna get a heart attack?
0: Yeah. Actually, we got a lot of broken limbs, but no heart attacks. Mm. This season has a lot of broken limbs. Um, yeah. I wanted to mention Betty looks great in her braids.
1: She looks so, Oh my god, it? I forgot to mention those are yes. so cute. Oh my god. Yes. And the Fredna yes. kiss is so cute. I yes.
0: is please tell yes. me there's at least yes.
1: one episode that's just about Frank and Edna for this because it's
0: It is, but they fight during most of it.
1: <laughs> fudge. Oh god, they're so cute in this season. That's terrible.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. For the most part they're very cute and then Disaster at the end of the season, which you will get to.
1: Boo! Don't like. Um,
0: uh,
1: but uh, but yeah, so this is but this is interesting. I mean, I I, I felt like yeah. these last two episodes, this in Studio City, I felt like it was returning to normal, and I like the I enjoyed these a lot yeah. more.
0: Yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 I just plain like this episode. Yeah, I, this is probably this this is probably the first episode that I really really la- love. From season six there's a lot more coming up this is one of the very first ones that i really really love and um yeah it's good yeah
1: it's good it's yeah. good to, and it's good to hear yeah, that yeah. you say there's even better coming up because
0: uh oh yeah oh yeah dating game is ahead of us born too late is ahead of us mm,
1: that's right born too late got a
0: lot of good ones sing 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 is ahead of us mm-hmm. you got some good stuff ahead of yeah
1: you. cool Um, so I think, I think we're ready to rank this one. I didn't talk about director John Tracy, but the only piece of trivia I had for him today was, uh, that, um, in addition to helping his family with international rescue, he would go on to direct 134 episodes of growing pains from 85 to 91, which makes up most of the show's run uh Wow. Yeah, as as this said before, this dude was another Mr. Sitcom to the point going into his IMDb is like a discovering a treasure trove of sitcoms you may or may not have heard of. It's it's wild. Wow. Highly recommend that to our listeners.
0: Wow. wow, good for him.
1: Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Um, I
0: love sitcoms. At least I. Do. Yeah,
1: you, you love sitcoms. I I I. Oh
0: uh, yeah. I know. We already know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I will not belabor the point. But on a lighter note, uh, what are we ranking this one?
0: This is, for me, it's a, a high 7.8. Yeah, 7.8. Uh, it's not upper, upper echelons, but it is a lot of fun. It's got some great scenes, uh, great physical comedy, a good moral, good conflict between the girls that gets settled well. So, uh, good good material for absolutely almost every single cast member. Uh, Carmine gets introduced. Actually, I think I'm going to go, no, I'm gonna, I can't go with an 8.0. No, I should, maybe I should go with an 8.0. You can go goes an eight yeah, It's not go. a nine or a ten. Like it's not like nine or ten amazing, but it's a good episode. It's probably one of the best episodes of the early stretch. Well, I, I, I um, got <laughs> you're gonna go lower. Right?
1: I I'm going to follow you. I was thinking of like a seven point three or seven point five, really seven and a half or so. That
0: probably is right. Yeah,
1: yeah and I think and, and I think I'm gonna claw back up to that. I think seven point five normally, seven point eight on a good day because then I'll because yeah. then I could reach up and and give give you pats. But yeah. Um this is overall this is really solid stuff. I I really enjoyed the this felt more like getting back to Laverne and Shirley, I think. This 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 and the last these last two I think conceptually I like Studio City more, but this had yeah. far better execution. This is yeah. far more watchable. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. The first like Three episodes of the season kind of suffer from we are establishing order. Um, Welcome to Burbank is fun enough. So DSC has this moment, so this is the first one that really clicks, at least for me. We start going, ah, this feels more like the girls just in California. Right. And of course, you know, not quite New York just wraps everything up from the Milwaukee years. So mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Cool times. All right, so I guess yeah. is that everything for today? I think that covers all our notes.
0: I do believe so. All right. I do believe so.
1: Cool. All right. Well, thank yes. you so much, everyone out there, for listening to us at night after night. And if you would like to know more, please join us on Twitter at night after nightpc or night after night pod on Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress, YouTube, Patreon, or wherever podcasts are sold. And, uh, if you would like to get in touch with us directly, you can reach us at night pod at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, if, if, uh, you got any questions, yeah, all that sort of stuff, you can throw us, throw us a line. We may not get to it till the next season or we'll have to do edits in between because we record these ridiculously ahead of advance. Not as much as we yeah. used to though. Thank God. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. any hoot. Um, so, um, I, uh. I feel like, I, I, I don't know, I don't see what's up ahead. It looks kind of sweet or tight.
0: Yes. The girl's in a new job wrapping gifts at a department store named Bardwalls. But Laverne's student runs a follow of a package of alcohol-laden chocolates which might, bleh, chocolates which might get them fired before they even start. This is Candy is Dandy.
1: All right. Candy is Dandy.
0: Bye, y'all. And for heaven's sakes, if you're gonna throw knives, be sure they pop out from the back and not in your friend's back.
1: Unless you're a villain in a amicus horror anthology.
0: Hopefully you're not.